the week of June 8th. My name is Katie Gray and I welcome Division to Division 3 South, the podcast. The podcast is all about Key Club and Key Club stories. This week we have a very special guest, Mr. Timothy Cunnings, former, former Key, Kiwanis Club President, Treasury Secretary, and Lieutenant Governor, and current Kiwanis Club District Governor. Mr. Cunnings, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, thank you for actually um, being interested in our show. Yeah, happy to, happy to do it. It's, it's um this was like kind of a, like a this project for us was kind of like out of the blue because with all that's happening we wanted to help like still like have some sort of like key club relations and so we we asked our lieutenant governor if we can do this and like without it without like in, without hesitation she just said yes you can do this good yeah that's great um so i one of the first questions that like it's just a general question is um you, we, uh, I, I did some research off the Kiwanis page, and um, I, under, I uh, understood that you have a really long history with Kiwanis Club. Um, why did you want to be Kiwanis District Governor? Uh, to, well, I think we all want a leadership position because we, we hope we can make a difference. Uh, I've served in every capacity uh, in, in Kiwanis, and uh, saw other governors and and everything else, and I just thought that that looks like uh, with the right leadership we can have a really positive impact on the organization, and so that was that was my interest in doing it because I have I have a lot of passion for the SLP. Uh, I'm, I'm a key operation advisor still to this day, so um, uh, I always get inspired by the SLP, and I I actually think that. Uh, one of the things Kiwanis could do better is mm -hmm. to sort of copy and emulate what the uh, the key members uh, and members uh, and key members do. Because you guys have a lot of energy, and our our clubs don't always necessarily have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good like point with energies because um, I used to be club president for my club, and now I'm the bulletin board editor, and like. I, when I was president, we had like a, it was a hard time for us to like reach our Kiwanis club. Like before I was president, we had like no connection with our club, but like, I think with the help of like our region advisor and the Lieutenant governor of our Kiwanis district, I'm sorry, uh, of our division, they were able to actually help like gain that connection. So I think that's a really good point you brought up about the, um, like the excitement and stuff that, that differs sometimes between the clubs. Yeah, and, and my, you know, I started uh, as a uh, key club advisor when I was club president, and uh, we actually chartered a new key club that year uh, for, for our club. And so I got involved uh, just as a, as a quantist advisor to the key club. And again, I found it very exciting. And then when I served as uh, lieutenant governor, uh, then I was invited to uh, some uh, division council meetings for, for Key Club. And that's when I watched and I said, oh my God, these guys have such a great time. Why are our clubs and why are our divisions at the Kiwanis level not doing the same type of thing? Why are they not having as much fun? And, and especially, I guess, I guess what initially blew my mind is the concept of icebreakers. You know, I saw all these ice icebreakers going around on this. Uh, they were they were at a high school on a football field, and they're doing all these crazy icebreakers and stuff. And I thought it was so much fun. And I left, and I went back to my club, and I said, "You guys need to attend 
key club events. You need to see what they do. You need to see how much fun they have. And the and like I said before, and then the the energy that you guys have. So it's really great. Yeah, I mean, talking about the energy, I think that what maybe that one of the events that probably maybe spawned from Key Club is that our Kiwanis holds Duck Splash every year. Yes. Which is a really fun event. I mean, I went to my first one uh, last year or something or this year. And it was like, it was just fun seeing how like, like basically the whole, that whole community coming together and like basically bonding. Like we had, we had uh, Circle K was there. Oh yeah, no, Circle K was there. I think Key Club was there. You got yeah. K kids there and everything. It was pretty, it was a fun event. It was a really fun it's, a, it's a very big event that uh, the, the Glendale Club uh, puts on, and, and I mean it's it's huge. They've they've won some awards for um, the community impact that that duck race has, the number of people and all of the involvement, and then obviously promoting Columbus and Key Club and Keywinds and okay at the same time. Yeah. I think one of the things that kind of surprised me out of that, that it was also like a fundraiser for like the clubs because our Kiwanis sent me a check basically from, from Duck Splash. And I was surprised to get that too. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a fundraiser as well. Yeah. So it's great. All right. So next question is how does Kiwanis and Key Club plan to move on and adapt with COVID-19? So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty special time right now. Um, and I think we're, we're seeing like in this uh, interview, everybody's adapting in, I think, a very positive way. And uh, what, what uh, our meetings, our Kiwanis meetings have done, have uh, gone virtual on, on Zoom and everything else. And I know that your trainings are all being done virtually as well. Um, it, it creates some challenges, but there are definitely a lot of opportunities in there. We are seeing uh, a lot more uh, attendance at events because people don't have to drive. Uh, it's very convenient to sit and not necessarily have to dress up uh, really fancy from the waist up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and and um, uh, I mean, our last, so I'm in Division 37. Our last Kiwanis uh, Division 37 DCM had 90 people in it. Our first, our first one when we went virtual only had 37. Now, what, the big part of what I'm seeing, and, and I, I'm able to travel virtually to other DCMs and everything, and I see the numbers when there's 70, 80, 90 members at a, at a Kiwanis DCM, there's about 20 or 30 people that are from Key Club or Circle K. So it's creating an, a, an environment where the SLP, it's easier for them to join and see what we're doing there. Also, you know, my, I'm very proud of uh, my Division 37 uh, Lieutenant Governor this year. She's a, a longtime personal friend of mine. So it's great that we get to serve together uh, in, this year. But her... Her whole year is focused on SLP as well as pretty much mine too. Uh, and so she honors a, 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 an SLP member at each DCM, at each division council meeting. So uh, we're working really hard at, at maintaining that family connection. And I think, I think un unfortunately because of COVID-19, 
but fortunately it's gotten better because I've, I'm seeing more cross boundaries uh, involvement. And certainly again, in, in our area, I see our, our key club lieutenant governors asking uh, uh, Kiwanians to help chaperone even these virtual events for safety purposes and everything else. And I see that, that uh, our, our Kiwanians are attending. So I, I, I think as much of a challenge and struggle it was to, to be homebound and feel limited and controlled and everything else, it's created a lot of very positive opportunities where, where people are more involved with each other and, and, uh, and working together in a, in a more positive way. The challenges is the training. Training virtually is not the same as doing it in person, but um, it, it is working. And, and I'm very impressed with, with what I see Key Club doing for their virtual trainings. And I know, you know, the, a huge, a huge dagger to, to all this was the cancellation of, of Decon. I mean, it just was very painful to do and to lose the opportunity to see everybody together and everything else. But, you know, we made it work with the best uh, under the circumstances. So, uh, and, but so much training goes on at Decon, and so it's. It's great to see that it's happening even in the absence of being able to meet uh, in person. Yeah, I think uh, our, our, our division itself hasn't been able to, hasn't or like hasn't yet planned the uh, whole, um, our training conferences yet. But I, but we can, uh, what I've seen from like our other like sister divisions that they, what they've been doing and stuff, I think like it's pretty cool. And then when you're talking about the whole fact that it's easier for people to show up to meetings now, I can like we saw that at our first TCM. Like I went to a couple DCMs last year, and like the, the amount of people varied due to the fact of how far it was and stuff. But with this, like with this whole new like online experience, we've been able to have like clubs that weren't even able to show up show up to meet division like meetings now, because like it's easier for people just to talk like this. I think going off the whole like decon cancellation, I think that a really good question that's been in the mind of basically all key clubbers really is like with what's happening in the world right now with COVID-19 what's like the chances of fall rally and decon next year happening uh, uh, good question um, the fall rally is gonna gonna come up first I can tell you from the district level uh, pretty much everything starts with a contract Okay, so we have contracts for fall rally and we have contracts for district convention. Both of those, I can tell you at this time, have been approved. So we're, we're going forward as though those things are going to happen. Uh, and all we can do is sit back and wait for the authorities, the government or the state or whomever's in charge to tell us that we can't do it. Mm -hmm. So... The plan is to hopefully we can move forward and and there won't be a second wave. I mean, that's going to be the real question uh, coming into fall rally because, uh, you know, back to school time, which, again, it's probably going to be virtual, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to attend school or not. So, you know, usually, you know, there's a fair amount of cold and flu season in October and November. And uh, so if we're going to do fall rally in in November, um, you know, what's, is, is if, if everybody's being, let's say, homeschooled, uh, for lack of a better term, will that 
be the flu season will be mitigated to some degree, and then fall rally would be better. Um, our, our, the only example, best example I can give you right now is our district convention for Kiwanis is always scheduled for August. It's the second week in August. And we are still moving forward with having a live in-person district convention. Again, subject to what the authorities tell us we can do and cannot do. But I know that one of the things that uh, they're telling us they're going to do is they're going to scan everybody's temperature who shows up. And if you have a fever, you're not allowed in. Mm -hmm. So they're, the hotel and the, the convention facility is being proactive in protecting themselves as well as, as our best interest as well. Mm -hmm. So right now they're being planned. Uh, that's all I can tell you at this point, unless something happens with that second wave that everybody says, you know, may be coming. I've been talking to like some of my other like key club friends and we were like thinking like, cause you know, with how we do this Raleigh sessions, basically it's like all these people in this area. Do you think that like, I know this is more like speaking on like the hypothetical side, but do you think that we're going to do more sessions to accommodate the factor of social distancing? That's, that's a very good question. That's a very good question because that there is that, that type of adaptation that we're having at our district convention. We have to have a room twice as big, so that there can have more tables, because let's just say our tables at uh, at our sessions are tables of eight. So now we're only tables of four, so we need twice as many tables to accommodate what would have been tables of eight, which are now tables of four. So being having gone to Fall Rally a lot, <laughs> and I know the stadium seating and everything else, um, it's very interesting if they say, you know, maybe you do this side and that side, not the middle, you know, mm -hmm. or or I, I I honestly don't know. It'll be a huge challenge because there's so many people attend Mid Year South and eight nine thousand students attend Mid Year South. And how how are you going to control the rallies if you're going to limit it to let's say fifty percent? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. We can't. There's not enough time in the day to have more rallies. I can no. tell you that. That except maybe one maybe one extra session but you know they they open the park for us and we get a good deal because it's off season you know it's not yeah. in the summer months and everything else so they're they're happy to have uh, all of us there and everything but i don't know if they're willing to extend their hours more to allow for another session last year last year or the year before they actually tried to kick us out early they the, the, the last session they said, okay, well, you know, we got to cut this short because there's not enough time. And that was really, I really didn't like that. I thought that was terribly unfair because uh, with no through no other students or anything else, they just decided, okay, well, you know, we need to shut this down early. And, and so the other two earlier rallies had, you know, went through um, unimpeded, let's say, and everything. And then the last session got cut uh, short. I don't know if it was this year, last year or the year before. I missed one, so I, I missed the one the year before. This this was okay. This past November I was there. The November before I wasn't there, so it was either the year before that or it was this current year where they kept the, one of the sessions short. And it's it's fresh in my memory, so it may have been this year. So I don't know. It's a very 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 good question. That's something that we need to uh, put uh, forth to uh, the district leadership. See if uh, uh, Governor Danielle knows, or 
if he has to ask uh, district administrator uh, Doug Jim. Uh, but those are those are good questions. Yeah, I mean, I think because like I think because I'm 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 going on as a senior coming up to the next school year, and Natalie's going to be a sophomore. And, like it's like it's the question that like most of us seniors have because it's like our last year in Key Club. Like I've been in Key Club since I was a freshman, but I was only able to go to Fall Rally last year, like in November. So that's a question like all of us have been having is like, will we able to be able uh -huh. to experience that one more time? So. I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like we all we felt like like you would have some like like in, insight and know about like the basically what might happen in November and possibly even like decon which is like next year. Yeah. So like I said, I the, the good news that I can share is the contracts have been approved. The fact that we have contracts and that they've been approved means we intend on having them. So the insight is, if I knew that we weren't signing the contracts and everything else, that would tell you that no, it's not going to happen in person. So we're, we're, we're trying to make sure that it happens in person. Um, another question I have is like, I know there's, there's, there's two different like high school clubs. There's Key Club and there's Key Wins. I, I think people, I, I personally don't understand like the true, like what's different. I mean, I understand the history behind it, but like what are, what's the true difference behind Key Club and Kiwanis, like, no, not Kiwanis, uh, Key Wins? Um, but you know, they are a district of Key Club. Uh, so they're, they're under the umbrella of Key Club. And um, what, what uh, I'm trying to recall what I'm friends with uh, with uh, some of the Keywinds region advisors, and and uh, I think we sort of came up with that question to them. You know, what's what what's the selling point difference between the the two clubs and everything? And I think I think Keywinds is uh, they're 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 much smaller in numbers and everything else. And I think they feel like they're more informal uh, and more more of a, just a small family unit as opposed to Key Club being, you know, a bigger, more driven group. Not that they're not driven too, but it, they, they, they just have their own sense of feeling and bond and family. Uh, and, and maybe that's especially because of how, how small their numbers are compared to the, the key club uh, district numbers, but essentially service-wise, everything else there's no difference, and and they're both represent opportunities for leadership and service and everything else. So, was there any? Has there been any talks or like conversation to basically bind the clubs together just to create one big unit, or do they do they just want to keep them separated? Well, Keywinds, Keywinds does not want to lose their autonomy. They want to remain the, the way they've been uh, for since they, since they started. Uh, but there are discussions and there are groups uh, that are looking at, uh, well, what would happen if, you know, can we, can we put them together? Can we merge the, the districts and things like that? Um, these, are, these are things that have been talked about uh, for for uh, a number of years, uh, there's also been some talk about you know our district is so large and what would happen if 
uh, we sort of split the district, you know, so if we, if we merge key wins with us and we split the district to make the district more manageable, what, what impact would that have on everything? But these are all just talks. Now I can tell you that the talks about uh, splitting the district, the key club district, uh, have been going on for analysis to do so uh, goes back, you know, like 20 years. I mean, I've seen, I've seen reports and studies of, you know, well, what would happen, you know, what's the financial impact if we do this versus that and, and everything else. And the other reason to sort of look at um, the, the, the split is would it, creating more leadership opportunities. Mm -hmm. If we were to split uh, uh, the, the district, and this is all hypothetical, but if we were to split it, so then there'd be a governor for, let's say, the southern district, and there'd be a governor for the, for the northern district, and right now we only have one governor, but we're seeing a lot. I mean, the, the amount of work that, that our current executives have is huge. Now, I'm, I'm the governor of the same area. I'm the governor of California, Nevada, and Hawaii. Uh, but I have, and I have 40 lieutenant governors. Uh, you know, Daniel has how many? 80? 80? Yeah, he's a, a, a lot. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot. And then he's got all his committee chairs and everything else. It's a lot of work for one person to govern that many um, executives and board members and, and everything else. So uh, we, and I'll tell you honestly, as a region advisor, when I first started, and everything. I've always been aware you guys are high school students and we put a lot of work and burden on the leaders, on the lieutenant governors. The lieutenant governors have the job that they have to do, they have committee work that they have to do, they have uh, school work, they have extracurriculars, they're applying for college, they're doing, you know, so yeah. much is happening in such a compressed time for you guys in your leadership that, that it's hard for the adults maybe to, to comprehend, but you know, I run for a position at, at this level, but I'm not worried that I'm going to graduate from school and it's my last opportunity to do it or whatever, you know, and, and all of that stuff. So the, the amount of work that, that you guys do is immense. And I always think of, well, how can we lessen the burden for you guys? For example, used to be, and, and we've been working on it for a number of years, used to be with a uh, to earn distinguished status for the lieutenant governor, for the key club lieutenant governor, they have to, you know, create a binder and send, you know, a, a huge amount of work to the governor for the governor to review. So imagine you've got 80 lieutenant governors, also binder this thick, uh, to this thick, you can see my hands. <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, and he's got to review all that to judge whether they're worthy of being distinguished or not. And yeah. I think that's unfair. We talked about that for forever, especially especially if you're a senior and you're doing your college apps and 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 all of those other things in addition to to submitting for distinguished status and everything. And, and so we talked about well, can't, can't you just make it simpler for them to do that because they've got enough work on their plate right now. And and um, the other thing is in Kiwanis. Uh, we have a criteria for distinguished uh, status for distinguished lieutenant governors and distinguished members and things like that. They don't have to submit anything. I mean, they just check off the list. If they, prove, if they check off the list 
and send us the, the, the proof that they did that, that's all there is to it. There's no, no great big package that requires weeks to put together. Uh, and, and then the governor, you know, has to, you know, he's got 80 of them, he's got a review, I've got 40 of them, I've got a review. So I always look at what can we do to make your lives easier while giving you the opportunity to learn leadership skills and the things that are gonna benefit you not only now and in college and for the rest of your lives. I think you brought up a really good point about like the leadership opportunities with like the the vast, if you split up like the district basically, because our district itself covers three states. And I feel like that whole, like the whole conversation, if you split it up, it gives more opportunity for people to like apply for like some of these positions and like committee chairs that are more or less some of the hardest things to get into due to the fact about so many people are applying for them. Absolutely true. That's one of that's one of the what we consider one of the the benefits. And again, so let's let me just reiterate. It's something that is being looked at and talked about. So I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want anybody to think, oh my God, they're, they're going to split us or they're going to tear us apart. Or, no, none none of that is going to happen. It's it's going to take a long time to look at things, figure things out, and figure out the best way to do it. And and Make sure that it, it's for in everybody's best interest to do so. So even though we started talking about it last year in Governor Chofan's year, um, he, he was not very receptive uh, to, to the concept and idea. But, you know, we have to, we're obligated to look at it whether the students want it or not. Okay. Obviously, we want the students to make the decision but there may come a time where if the students don't do anything about it, then the adults are gonna to have to say, okay, look, and you know, we've been working on this for six or seven years. We've asked you guys for, for help and, and you, you don't wanna do it, so we're gonna to have to do it perhaps for you. But again, we're, we're talking- Yeah, the hypothetical. We have no idea when that's, yeah. yeah. I don't want anybody um, to get scared. <laughs> yeah. I think that whole, it would be like, if it did happen, it would have to happen like a long time for now, but it would be like, it would have to like, there has to be already things set in place so it can happen smoothly rather than like, just like right. making it happen now. Like, yeah, definitely. Right, right. Nobody's, nobody wants to shove it down anybody's throat. We want to make sure that, that uh, it, it's in the best interest of everybody. Um, one of our members actually asked, since you are a region advisor, I mean, our region advisor talks about this too, but we're like, from like different tips is like, how do you become like district governor in Key Club and like in Kiwanis? Well, um, so, so for, for Kiwanis, you know, the, the best thing, my philosophy was I wanted to be uh, as knowledgeable as I could about everything. And again, this is the benefit that we have in Kiwanis is, you know, if it takes me 10 years, it takes me 10 years to become governor. I, that's no, no big deal. You guys, if you, you have four yep. years to three, three years to try to, to get elected uh, as governor, and hopefully you have uh, the ability to serve in all of the positions that, that you can to get the background. But for me, uh, I want, so I was a club president and I had a lot of fun. 
I had a lot of fun as a club president. And then, you know, I went to our division council meetings for the my lieutenant governor at the time, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting, that looks like fun. And I kept going, I thought, well, you know, and then they asked me, they said, well, would you be a lieutenant governor? I said, yeah, I'd like to do it, but, you know, I don't know when. And then the time came and they said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. And I had a lot of fun as a lieutenant governor, too. And then you, you see the governors, as a lieutenant governor, you see the, the governors and the work that they do and everything. You say, I think I could have a lot of fun doing that, too. I mean, I was just inspired at every level. And, and the one step that, that we take that we have different is, um, is then we have district trustees. And they're, uh, so for, for the district, there are 18 regions. And so there are, it's a three-year term. That's the one thing that's different than any of our other terms is the district trustee is a three-year term. And that's actually serving on the board. And I thought, well, I know, I feel like I know a lot as a lieutenant governor and having been a president and a secretary and a treasurer and everything else, but I don't have the board experience. So I want the board experience. I want to be a district trustee. So when I do run for governor, I have, uh, I think, a firm foundation of what the district is truly like and, and what the job of the governor truly is. And, uh, and so I, th those were the, the chairs that I ran through, but I also was not in a hurry. And, and it's because, it, I don't know if you know, I have two kids. Uh, my daughter just graduated from college, uh, not this past May, but the, the year before. And my son has, uh, just finished his second year in college. And at the time um, that people were asking me, people were asking me to run for governor and stuff, and I said, I can't. I, I, I want to wait until my son is, is out of high school. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to be traveling as much as I know the job requires while he's still in high school. So I was a candidate while he was a senior in high school so that if I won, then he would be in college when I had to do all the things that I had to do. So for personal reasons, that's, that's why I timed it the, the way I did. Um, but I felt, I felt very comfortable at that, having all of that experience, uh, that there would be no surprises when I became governor. But let me tell you, we had COVID-19 as a surprise, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and, and then now the, the whole, uh, George Floyd and the, and the, uh, and the, um, protests and things like that that we is is a very challenging situation because we are an apolitical organization we don't get involved with politics and and yet last week you know that all came uh to to a big head where uh passions were very very high and uh, we had to we had to make statements that we normally wouldn't make just to make sure everybody understands that we're not being silent because we agree with with uh, racism we're, we're trying to remain silent because we're not political but I, I and I don't know if you saw the statement that I issued last week but I, I issued a statement I know key club issued a statement I know circle K issued a statement as well as Columbus International key club International and circle K International we all we all issued uh, different statements mine was mine was very very different but we need everybody to know we are not a racist organization we are not. If you look at our objects of Kiwanis and even your, um, your uh, um, 
they don't call them objects. What, what I mean, you embed the objects, but what are your core values? The key yeah, core values. values. Yeah, the core values. You know, nowhere in there does it say that we support you know anything other than being the best we can for humanity and everything else. Uh, but it was again, it was an opportunity to make sure everybody understands we are not a racist organization. We yeah, do not support yeah. that, and we support change. I think that's that was a really, that's a really big like, I I know my club personally released a statement about a couple of days before, before Key Club and and Kiwanis Club and everyone started releasing their statements. But we thought that we had to release a statement now because we've been more because we just don't want people to assume that like oh we're just like being bystanders and not really caring that we do care, but it's like it's not like we're not trying to be political and start like arguments that are unnecessary. Right, right. And it's a very, you know, it's a very impassioned thing. And, and even the COVID-19 is a very passionate issue, too, because even though we're going to have our district convention in August, it, you know, that's our intent, some people are, are upset that we're going to do that. Some yeah. people still don't feel safe going out. Mm -hmm. And then you, so where you get criticism about, well, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you putting us at risk? We're not putting you at risk. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. You know, and, and that's that's perfectly fine. Nobody's forcing anybody to go. But they're, you know, then that's okay. It's a it's a it's an emotional issue. Some people uh, don't don't want to risk it, and other people are like, I can't wait to get out and start living my life again and doing what I want to do. So, it's very interesting. Yes, it is. Well, um. Unfortunately, I didn't plan, plan to zoom out correctly, so we have a little time running out. Um, do you have any like final thoughts you want to say? We started this last week with our um, former lieutenant governor, like final thoughts about anything that's happening or like anything you want to say out to the Key Club and Kiwanis communities that are listening to us today. Yeah, so just just to summarize, um, again, if if you've seen any of my uh, material uh, and and uh, uh, what I what I put out there as a candidate and what my beliefs are is uh, we're here for you. We're here for the SLP. Uh, and, you know, you outnumber us three to one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if you know that. You, you know, the Key Club, uh, Key Club alone outnumbers our, our Kiwanis district three, three to one. So you are our future. You are our investment in, in leadership and, and everything else. And you provide us, uh, you provide me with inspiration. When I, like I said, that d division council meeting that I went to and everything else, the, the amount of fun that you have and everything else and the training under normal circumstances at district convention that the key club lieutenant governors get and then the, the quarterly training with the May boards, the summer boards, the winter boards, all of those things are things that, that you do exceptionally well. And those are things that I look at to say, why isn't Kiwanis doing that? Does Kiwanis make the same investment in our Kiwanis members that Key Club does? And so I'm always inspired by what you guys do. And another thing too, Key Leader. I don't know if you guys have been to Key Leader you've heard about key leader it's an excellent leadership training weekend i highly recommend it if and when they happen the one this year has been canceled um but when it when it happens if you can go and i always felt like we should have key leader training for adults 
So mm -hmm. key leader training is for, for high school age uh, students. Uh, and they don't have to be members of key club. It could be any high school uh, student uh, can, can go. But it's great training that I believe that we need to do that type of training for our adults because the success of Kiwanis, the success of Key Club is based on the leadership that you provide. And, and you need to give people something to look forward to. Your meeting should be something that people walk away from saying, wow, that was fun. I can't wait for the next one. And all of that is leadership development. Key Leader teaches you some of those things. What you guys do on a regular basis with all of the training that you do provides that uh, energy and that ambition and that inspiration and that's what you are to me you are energy ambition and inspiration and I thank you thank you mr. Cuttings for being us today um, this was, it was a really great conversation and we'd love to have it again with you one day um, for our listeners remember if you'd like to be interviewed by us you just email shoot us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as we can um, thank you mr. Cuttings for being with us today and thank you all for listening we'll see you soon <laughs>